hearts and help us to stay awake, Lord, and um, be attentive to your word. And um, God, I thank you for everything, Lord, and in Jesus' name, pray. Amen. Let's just take time to say hi to those around you. Um, maybe try to meet someone new. pastors here, and we are so glad that you're here to join us. And uh, Before we continue our worship, uh, we want to give a couple announcements. Uh, there's a lot going on, up, and we're anticipating a lot of um, yeah, new students, new young adults, uh, hopefully new families new here, that we would love to connect with you, and the best way to do it is uh, to go is just letting us know that you're here uh, so that we get an opportunity to, to say hi and in the area. So we'd love to answer any questions that you might have. Or if you have been going here, the best way so that uh, we can just care for you. The next announcement is uh, after, it's uh, going to be called the Creative Communication Ministry. And uh, this ministry helps to just do a better job of uh, letting you all know what's going on. Things like um, social media at our church, any publications that we might have. Uh, So if you're a good writer, um, which could be subjective, Send us to get plugged in in this way. It'll take about 30, 45 minutes after service. Uh, it'll be, we'll, we'll be up there. The next announcement, uh, the Lee family uh, space for you to, to come on up. Uh, we can't arrange rides for today, but you can get the, so uh, it's up in Andover. Uh, you will need a ride or, or a car to, to get up there, but please, uh, next Sunday after service, uh, we would like to open up, um, the spiritual leader at our church to join us for a leadership luncheon. Um, a, a, we want to train you all. We want to help you grow. Uh, this is open to everybody and anybody you just have next Sunday. And lastly, prayer ministry, as always, is a, uh, please utilize them. They're a resource for you to, to join you in prayer. Uh, you can also uh, give online uh, by going to that link at our website, church. Uh, your primary place of worship, please uh, give generously and gladly. Uh, word. We fall down, we lay our cup Jesus. The greatness at the feet of Jesus. 
we present ourselves to you. We submit ourselves to you, God. And we ask that uh, on, in the thoughts that we have, in the words that we speak, uh, we also come before you. But we thank you so much that you receive us just the way we are. Uh, there's to cause you to love us more. Uh, we thank you for the cross that reminds us of that. How unconditional your love is and how much you want to pour out. Uh, in, in this world, there's just so much happening. Uh, there, there is a war, um, the explosion in China, um, all the country, the issues with good uh, prov- prove to to be lord of all we ask that you be lord and savior of we pray that lofty prayer and at this time too we pray that you become lord and savior of each and every one of us here be going well or we are going through our own trials that you would still have supreme authority and even as we hear the word help us to be reminded of that help us to get a glimpse into your heart so we pray for our pastor bill that you would bless him, that you would pour the spirit upon him, love and, and grace and mercy that only comes from you. So Lord, be glorified. Uh, be it's good to be together. Um, before the sermon, I'd like to um, have another short prayer. Pastor Danny's mom is, is very close to um, seeing Jesus. Um, some, of the, some others that we know... Um, Dan Park's mom is a form of cancer. There may be others of you that, that we don't know about. If you've got parents, email me at bill um, at cornerstoneboston.org, and we'll add you to the various prayers um, and their families. So would you pray with me? Us deeply when our parents are not well. Actually, in it, where we look at losing our parents... Some here have experienced the loss of, of moms or dads. Pray, um, I pray for Pastor Danny and his family, his sister, his dad, as um, they wait beside the bed. Neat things that have happened um, throughout his mom's life that she would help comfort her, relieve her discomfort, and um, be with the family. That her dad's not able to take care of her mom and that both Tammy and her brother live a long ways them to um, Tammy and her brother to, to figure out how to minister and care this long battle as well. Lord, we lift up, I mean, we thank you for mother and father us perfectly. We still honor them and parents to thrive and then help us to know how to live as we, in Jesus' name, amen. And seriously, email me if you're, if you're fighting with issues um, here at Cornerstone in various circles, okay? Um, the, um, there's a, a, an interesting thing kind of happens that you don't ever look forward to, but you join aspects of that, and if you get there, then we'll talk, okay? All right. Um, I'd like you to think for a moment about, to, um, think about what happens when leaders really do lead back, Saul royally messed things up. He was selected, and God unselected him. This, you know, knew that Jesus wasn't guilty, yet he led the Sanhedrin hands of, of Jesus' blood, but he was the leader in charge, and he could have done something of leaders who just lead badly. And you think of the consequences of their... 
in our culture. Think of the, the leaders that let us into the fine thing they could for themselves, and they didn't care who was going to pay. And think of how much. Think of the bad leadership of the, the horizon, um, the deep water oil well, um, an, an ecological disaster for the Gulf of Mexico. Or the of what was going on. And think of the ecological disaster because of, not quite in your home yet, we're getting there. Think of bad political leadership in our culture. And look at what you learn about leadership. And you get to pick whichever party you think is the bad. Or um, think of the consequence of bad leaders in churches. Who have the wrong attitudes. Or just plain not to get the church to do anything. Leadership in your own family. Maybe your parents looked one way when they saw a different thing in your household. Um, Think about the impact. Human thriving is cut off. Organizations, families, marriages, you know, small groups, churches, cultures, cities, and bad leadership is an epic fail. There are times when I look at the best you could bring... That's the best you could pull off. With all the influence you had, that's the best you're going to do. We don't get to thrive. We don't get to make a difference in the world. Think about good leadership and good leaders in the world. David did a pretty good job, King David, of leading in most instances. He had his failures. Competent leader. And because of his leadership, his entire nation, spiritual leader that, that practiced the the the, the laws of scripture built that 400 years later, Jesus walked into that temple. Think of the leadership. He said, I'm going to find 12 people just to be with me. And then I'm going to, I'm going to peace out. Only pretty much uneducated, trained leaders did to change nonprofits and good leadership. Think of if you're in school, good leadership on the part of your professional marriage or good leadership in a family or good leadership in a small group is the world is changed for the better. So eight of us were at a leadership conference. Last lifetime is um, Bill Hybels. And we heard Bill Hybels say yet again, he said it before, when a leader gets bad, everybody wins. When a leader is bad, everyone into people and organizations, bad leaders suck life out of people and organizations. We don't have to um, be all that brilliant to see the significance of good leaders. How many really great leaders in our culture and through history as a preeminent model of a leader. Ken Blanchard is one of the early researchers in our lifetime who really did, did careful research about the impact. And he came to Christ in his early 60s. And like Jesus, he said, everything that I ever wrote about leadership, that Jesus had already talked about it, and Jesus had already done it perfectly. It's interesting Jesus and think he's one of the great leaders of the human race. What's even more interesting leader who ever lived. And I was, for all the things that I've done, to figure out exactly what the Bible said about Jesus' leadership. And there's a Kagos is variously translated as, translated as prince or captain. Because what archegos means, that, that word means, is primary or first leader. We translate it as prince many times because princes are leaders of leadership. After the crucifixion, Jesus has risen. He's returned to heaven. And, um, and Peter is... 
The word there is archegos. You killed the archegos, the first God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of that fact. A little bit later, Acts chapter 5, primarily the Jewish leaders. Here's what Paul says in Acts chapter 5, verses 30 and 31. You killed him by hanging him on a cross. Then God put him in the place of honor. The word prince is archegos. As primary first leader, Jesus, this is um, verses 9 and 10, we see Jesus, who was given a position a little lower than he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was not only right that he should make her a perfect archegos, fit to bring salvation. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us um, throw off everything God has marked out for us. Verse 2, we do this by keeping our eyes on kegos that initiates our faith. Well, you guys know the word Lord is, is a Lord. We also know that the term king, a, a king is a leader with great imp king. But the scriptures don't just talk about Jesus as a Lord and as a king of all lords, the king of all kings, and very for you today, Jesus is the greatest leader who has ever lived. That's what this, we want to learn about how to make the world a better place. We want to learn about how to contribute to the thrivership. Doesn't it make sense that we would turn to Jesus, the leader of all leaders, and see what he has to look with you today at is um, a passage in the book of Mark, um, chapter 10. I'll give you this, what I believe is actually the most foundational, share with you a concept of leadership that changes everything. I want to talk about Jesus' foundational teaching about Christian Our series this summer on the 10 markers of healthy missional churches. And research would be, be accomplishing a mission for Jesus. They need to have a culture of godly in this series of how do we do at Cornerstone at nurturing a culture principle that Jesus talks about in Mark chapter 10. Here's the context before I read the text. Um, um, called the Sons of Thunder um, for probably their temper tantrums. Point. And they say, Jesus, when you come into your power and glory, can we be the two guys on your right and on your left? Can we be like your, your first leadership stunt? They're trying to one-up the... Trying to get ahead of the other, the other apostles. And so um, they were out of earshot of everybody else. But somehow they weren't. By the way, sidebar lesson. Let's get in the habit of never saying anything that we wouldn't want to have heard by everybody everywhere. To the other tell, 10 and says, uh, Guess what I heard James and John asking? When the other 10 disciples heard what James and John had done... They were really pissed off. Where They were, duh. Now, some of them were pissed off because they just were offended. They were pretty sure that some of the others were pissed off because they hadn't thought of it first. And James and John beat them to the punch. Look here. They're squabbling. I'm pretty sure it was a little bit intense, okay? And probably a little bit ugly. Others in this world lorded over their people. And officials, your leaders, that's the wrong one you, okay? In the world, it's this way. But among you, it will be different. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of every... For even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, ransom for others. All right. In Jesus's 
It's trying to connect me to the internet. Not anymore, it's not. All right. They knew that servants and slaves, Jesus said this, they had to have dropped their jaws and said, what ship is to be a way that gives us personal prestige? And everything about the world says that leadership is about being the one rung of authority. The more important you are, the more significant you are. So the power over others get to impose their will on others. But among you, it will be different. If you want to be a leader, servant that contributes to the thriving of what you lead and who you lead to enhance their reputation. Christian leaders don't exist to get their way to impose the whole thing in any area where you lead. It doesn't matter. Christian leaders will that they are leading. And it is kind of interesting that, um, that amongst yourselves while I reboot my, um, my notes, talk about, talk about the word. Out of you. Or at least you're buzzing. All right, you. All right, I found it another um, way, so we're back up. Plato in serving others. That is just such a typical view of while they're serving others. Um, I don't want you to every area of our lives, not just in the church. I'm going to show you why it applies beyond the church. Um, one commentator, God, clash more vigorously with the ethics of the world than in the matters of power and service are combined in a way that finds no obvious precedent in either decisive reversal of values. Jesus speaks of greatness in servant authority. Whoever wants to be great among you must become your servant. The eminent virtue of God's kingdom is not power. It's not even freedom. In Denver, four or five years ago, and heard a, one of the other kind of gurus in leader eight, Jim Collins is not a Christian. He just played it plain front out. We'll say, hey, I'm not one of the most, most rigorous, quantitative and qualitative on research. It's a research model. Realization that organizations that thrive actually have at their... His top level of leaders, he called a level five leader. Here's what his research found. Same line of work, okay? At the same time, he found, ended up finding one shot up like this. And he, he found, I think it was seven or nine of those, and what he came to the conclusion in every case was the organizations that grew so that the organized leader at the point of it. It's very interesting to me that in the 20s that the revolutionary teaching of Jesus actually works. Here's what a level five, an unusual amount of humility that they would sacrifice a level five leader, and, and I was at this conference with, um, with Collins, and he, was, he knew his time. You guys all know what this level five leadership is about. 
Because Jesus and those in the world, when they look at the data, start to realize this is not just enables organizations to thrive and for people to thrive. What gives it, I think, lived it. He said, I came not to be served, but to serve. So in the upper supper, he takes off his robe, puts a towel around his waist like a servant, and he washes, by the way, this is what I want you guys to do for everyone else. In of downward mobility of Jesus, though he was God and equal to God as the second person, becoming God in the flesh, but not just to become a man, but he was willing to actually die. But he wasn't willing just to die, but Jesus, he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but as the greatest leader that ever lived us and lift us up so that many would come to salvation. I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for others, for the thriving of others. All right. Some of you have been sitting here and you've been listening to what I've been saying. Leaders are supposed to sacrifice for the good of each other. It's not about you getting up the wrongs. You think, I'm glad I'm not a leader. Discussion that goes on in, in leadership literature. Are leaders made or are they born? And if they don't have it in them, going to have I, I think that absolutely misses the point. Here's what I, I'm called to be followers in some areas of our lives. And every single one of us, in the, if you're sitting there thinking, I'm glad I'm not a leader, let me give you some areas where you already are a leader. Right? If we're going to make anything better in the world, we're going to have to lead leadership. If you want to be effective in, in any enterprise in your voice called um, to self-leadership. Most of us, I'm going to change that up, to step into the life of a friend concerned about their person that doesn't have friends who will try to lead them to a better place when they are married yet you and you are going if you if you get married you will be called at some point still of marriage leadership is Adam and Eve in the garden number one Adam gives it to him he says oh I'll give it a shot too catastrophic failure of leadership in marriage one you're going to be called to lead in your marriage if you ever have children you will be the foundational revolutionary principle of leadership that Jesus teaches because that changes everything most of us will be called at some point to attend to the thriving of in the church. Lead that badly, nobody's going to get better. Lead that well. Are going to be called at some points in your vocation to lead in something there. You're going to be called to lead others. Lead them well. Your organization group projects, right? They really suck because you've got to put up with all these other people. And they to lead, Right? All right, I want you to realize, you, just so you know this, by the way, the Bible says lots more about followership than it does about leadership because there are more that you can learn to lead better where you are called to lead. So the question is, Jesus and lead like Jesus in those places you are called to lead. So let me kind of, how you can get better as a leader so that everybody around you wins. I want to give you, um, kind of leave with you, you develop your leadership commitment. How can you develop? If you don't care enough, you're never going to try to live, kind of fuel a passion to lead like Jesus. A couple ideas, you just can't, you, you can't abide it. Find something that's messed up, some injustice that's so bad that inside of you, you say to yourself, I can't sit on the sidelines anymore. Um, your commitment um, to lead well. Um, you could do what we sort of did a little bit the fruits of bad leadership in the scriptures and in life. 
and think about how things could be so much better. I'm stepping up my game in this way. Um, Nurture or fuel this passion for better leadership simply by being around them. They tend to call you to another level of functioning. So maybe there are some people, if you don't have a commitment to lead like Jesus, you're just not going to make things better, your leadership commitment. Second question, how can you develop your leadership character? You guys are annoyed because of character issues, all right? And we watch organizations get wrecked because the whole situation with the Catholic Church and, and um, child abuse. You really are of authority for many people for the Catholic Church. Um, character, if you're not dealing with what's going on inside of you, then it's going to do the biblical list of qualities of good leaders. We've got them in, in 1 Timothy 3. Lists of what good character means for leaders. And very interesting, leaders for our churches that don't meet those biblical qualifications for leaders. So become familiar with them. You know how much wisdom and, and these contrasts between, between those who are full of our leadership. Our leadership team here at Cornerstone has just started reading um, Pete Scazzaro's newest book that, that, that people are very, leaders are very often undermined by stuff under the... Because we can become aware of those kinds of things. And can I encourage you? Out of us. Just pay attention to character because character will make or break character so that if you have a commitment, you're not going to be undermined, but you're actually going to have as a leader. And then the third question that I would ask you is how can you develop your leadership competence? Okay? Anything done, it's not going to matter. So, leadership competence matters. Principle for leadership competence. Figure out a vision for what you want to see. Get a vision for it. In your vocation, what do you want to see happen because of you and your vocation? Then you're not going to do anything different in your life. So a primary part of, primary skill of leadership there. You, because there are lots of visionaries out there, once again, who don't change the world and make it better, and people don't thrive be comfortable. How do I get from here where it is to here where I think it should go? And if you don't develop to get it there, that's leadership competence. And then thirdly, after, after getting a vision, after you will never get into better physical shape. You will never lose weight if you don't have a plan to do it. You will never see is vision, strategy for how to get there, and then a plan that you actually all get better in all of these areas of leadership competence. Leadership character, leadership competence. Summary. Jesus is the greatest leading. Is that leadership his way is we become servants, our city, our school, our culture, we become servants. We do what... Number three, every single one of us is a leader in some areas of our lives. And number four, every single one of us. Here at Cornerstone, we will actually change the world to the extent that we don't call to make through this church in our city, in our lives in our city, and in our lives that had that argument, changed the world. Because they listen. To what Jesus you do, RSVP and come to the leaders' luncheon next week. We are trying to kick off a commitment leaders throughout our congregation, and we're we're trying to we're having our first conversation. Hebrews thirteen seventeen is a verse to followers about their leaders. I want a followership, and then I've paraphrased it to write it for leaders thirteen, and then my paraphrase Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, "Obey your spirit for your souls." And they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. 
for that would certainly not be for your benefit. Where you are called to follow, this scripture is speaking to how you follow with proper respect, knowing that your leaders will give an account to God. Here's my paraphrase now. I want you to hear this for you in those areas of your life where you're called to lead. Wherever you are called to lead, model and teach people to do what God wants them to do. And keep on urging them and leading them to actually do it. Your work is to watch over souls. And you are accountable to God himself for how you lead, whether in times of joy or in times of sorrow, because as followers of Jesus and thriving of the people you influence. Let's pray. Like one of those huge, huge lessons that Jesus tries to get. We don't do it the way the world tries to do it. And there are almost always people who will sacrifice themselves so that the whole world becomes better. Our goal as your followers to make the world a better place in your name. And that's not just a dream or a hope that something that we can actually, every single one of us, do something about. We have ever been before. And we were called to lead on our own because we are following you as the chief, as the, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Um, so we're going to respond to um, the sermon with song, but I encourage you all to stay seated. Um, just take this time throughout the entire song to, even if this sermon really um, give you a lot of thoughts about